Digicom Weekly Growth Marketing Podcast. Hey guys, it's Heyman here from Digicom with another week of our Growth Marketing Podcast. Today we're going to cover prospect audiences uh, across a number of different platforms and uh, ways you can set up uh, your audiences so that you are generating new prospects. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us uh, across our socials. We'd really appreciate it. In terms of our agenda today, we're going to talk about what is prospecting, what angles and hooks should you be testing, the correct way to set up prospecting, especially after iOS, how to diagnose performance, and then also how to fix performance issues with your prospecting campaigns. Cool. Um, I think um, it's it's one of those least uh, touched topics where um, you know both marketers and and business owners kind of assume that uh, this is understood, but there are finer nuances, and and it's really important to kind of talk about them. Uh, just starting from from the the top, uh, Hemant, brief us about um, what prospecting actually is, and and what sort of um, you know angles and and creatives do you do you like to use there so let's let's start there sure so prospecting is essentially going out and finding new customers new clients that have not interacted with your brand but if you kind of break it down uh you know there's a there's a funnel to prospecting as well because there are parts of users that you might serve ads to uh just to build awareness so you know this could be like a top of funnel kind of prospecting someone in the middle of the funnel, they understand that there's a specific challenge. You're teaching them how to uh, come up with a solution, your product, your service. Uh, And then there's that bottom of the funnel. So somebody who understands the challenge, they understand uh, the awareness and are looking for a product or a service that, uh, that they can leverage to solve for this uh, specific challenge. So, You know, in terms of looking at uh, marketing funnels, there's so many different ways to break it down. But even in prospecting, there's still this tiered approach of top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. Bottom of funnel users are usually the ones that are ready to buy your product or test out your service. Awesome. Um, Would you uh, want to kind of talk about your... um maybe like the, the best approach or the best practice when it comes to what sort of creatives work uh, at, at this level? Um, are we talking about more of, um, you know, demonstrations of if somebody has a product or are we talking about more testimonials? How about uh, going that direction? Sure. I think uh, even like a step further, it's what algorithm are you using, right? Because, um I think from, you know, we, we, we run a lot of audits uh, across a number of different uh, client partners. And uh, what we find is when we're auditing uh, their business uh, prior to taking over any accounts, the first part is, is it true prospecting? A lot of clients will run campaigns that they will call prospecting and not even exclude uh, visitors that have interacted with their brand. So that's the first thing we want to always inc- um, we want to always exclude users who have interacted with their brand, so that in terms of prospecting, the users we're going after are net new consumers. So you know that's kind of the first really big recommendation. We see this all the time. 
Uh, the second part of it is what algorithm are we using, right? So if we're looking to build brand awareness, it might make sense for us to use a reach algorithm or a traffic algorithm um, to drive awareness in terms of, uh, and, and the reason why I say that is because your CPMs, your CPCs, your click-through rates um, will all be, uh, like your CPMs will be much lower on a reach campaign. Uh, your traffic campaign CPMs will increase over reach. And then bottom of funnel, it's those users that are ready to take action and make a purchase. They'll probably have the highest CPMs because the ad platforms we're working with have already identified that they're interacting with similar brands. They're in market. They're ready to purchase. So uh, CPMs are you know taxed over there. Uh, then jumping into creative, um, you know, in terms of top of funnel, we see a lot of brands uh, run these uh, awareness campaigns. Maybe running some sort of video. Uh, in the middle of the funnel, testing video static, uh, and then bottom of the funnel. So bottom of the funnel, you can even break that out further, right? Um, so you can break uh, bottom of the funnel. I know we're speaking about prospecting, but bottom of the funnel could be a net new user who's in market that's never seen or, or heard of your brand before uh, or that hasn't interacted with your brand Uh and then there's also the users that have interacted with your brand, but necessarily haven't made a purchase. And those users, you'd probably want to retarget. Um, you can retarget based on uh, different strategies, one, you know, high intent, mid, medium intent, low intent, or in, uh, even recency. Um, but again, we're speaking a lot more about prospecting today. Uh, so users in the bottom of the funnel, you know, testing benefits copy, testing copy that is intrigued, but we're calling out the problem the product is solving. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to take usually those two routes uh, about talking uh, about how we can get users to convert. Um, yeah, usually those are, you know, the strategies that I like to leverage. Awesome. Um, in terms of um, when, when we're developing these creatives and, and copies for our top of funnel, um, just wanted you to kind of talk a little more about um, like it's it's an open world and and you know different creative teams and and media buyers take a a, a specific approach on how they understand the product and then how they um, you know really create those creatives for the for the media buying plan. Um, <clears throat> how important do you think is is that first step of customer research, which is kind of cliche? Everybody talks about it, but very few people um, actually do that. Um, what pivotal role does that have in, in um, the, the entire media strategy? Sure. So customer research, right? Who is that uh, avatar that the brand believes that we should uh, be advertising to? And the reason why I say the brand is because there have been many times where the brand will say, hey, this is our avatar, only for us to find out that the users that are actually purchasing is a whole different avatar. So... Uh, understanding, you know, who that market is, the way we kind of figure that out, it's by looking at the data, right? So breaking out uh, our cohorts, testing, uh, or, or pulling data in terms of uh, demographic information, understanding what hooks work with what specific audience target. It's important to do research, put in hypo uh, hypotheses together, and then test through what creative works for age group or gender or specific targeting? Um, what 
age group you know follows that uh is there a pattern that we see with specific messaging in one age group versus the other or one geo versus the other um so when we're out in market we're testing through all of this we're we're putting our hypothesis to the test uh after a couple it's usually like after a week of running or so uh depending on how much our clients are spending we're able to come back pull that data together and then break down the insights of these are the users that this specific type of uh, copy image creative is is resonating with. Uh, Vinay, question for you. So like in terms of, you know, like competitor analysis, how do you like to leverage competitor analysis to understand, you know, how to build these personas or what type of creatives to develop for prospecting audiences? Um, so it's, it's probably like my number one uh, go-to strategy. Um, starting from scratch is, is usually difficult and um, with with a lot of biases. So uh, that's my like number one step. Look at your immediate competitors. Um, Facebook now clearly offers um, uh, an ads library tool where you can check out the current ads that your competitors are running. That's the first part. Um, and that gives you an idea of what sort of messaging are they um, you know calling out, what, what sort of um, visuals are are working and a good thing to look at there is because it it breaks the entire library down in terms of dates and when those ads were live usually some ads that are probably live for more than three months is is a very good sign that that ad is probably performing well that's why it's on for a while not an absolute rule but yeah that's definitely something that uh, i look out for and then um using those as as your base um you know angles or hooks you can always iterate off of them and then plug in anything else that you found different into your competitor analysis um onto that so it's for me it's it's more of an iterative approach um one another spot that's really important to look at and um uh, it's it's kind of um like a hidden gem i try to look at a lot of amazon reviews for products um, and, and the first view would be looking at the five-star reviews and pick out the most important things that people are talking about, why they are loving the product, but even more than looking at anything that's two-star or one-star and then find a pattern whether uh, people are not finding that information or that result with the product and then use that angle or a problem in, in your product. So, for example, if, if there's... Um, probably a phone that that is not able to, uh, people hate it because of its, um, you know, maybe the grip or they, they can't hold it well. Well, that that can probably be one of my main angles to sell my phone that, hey, uh, you know, apart from all the fancy design and everything, this is the number one problem why people break their phone because it's not handy, they don't have a grip. So that that sort of leverage is, is it's already there you just need to find and and i'm i'm a big fan of of doing this competitor analysis and customer research so that that should always be the go-to point when you're starting out you also like to use different types of frameworks right like you have the ida framework you have the pass framework can you just dive in a little bit into these uh frameworks to develop the creative and the copy that we're looking to you know storyboard out and leverage in media I have a question for you. So like you mentioned that you do the customer research and the competitor analysis for products or the clients that you, you know, come across. Uh, what if I have a product or I have a solution that, that does not exist in the market? How do I go about and find the prospecting audience for that? 
how do i know that you know what messaging should i be giving or how should i be attracting them right um so when it's it's usually very difficult um as as much as we we'd like to think that we have unique ideas at 2023 i think people have have tried almost everything uh any new idea that comes up uh is usually a combination of something that existed and has been iterated upon um in that part like doing first search analysis like keyword research is really important uh, there are good tools like sem rush or there are some free tools like um answer the public you can just put in like the basic keywords that are related to your product or the problem you solve and then start building off and you'll slowly realize that there is there is a specific pattern of a problem that people are facing or there's a symptom that people are discussing that that's my number one step uh once you've got some sort of a direction of what um you can solve for a customer um you can then move on to let's say forums and and start looking for information about is there any related questions or are there any related discussions that are happening on on forums like quora or reddit <clears throat> that's that's usually the first step now because if 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 there's something that hasn't been created yet obviously you'll have to build a market um in that approach i think going right for the kill and asking people to buy your product is not the best idea because you have to take them to a uh, a level of understanding where they understand what why they are paying something for so you need to take them from barely aware about a problem um you know inform them nurture them take them to a point where they understand that you are the right person to solve the problem that they never even knew existed Cool. Thank you for that, Vinay. You want to dive into the frameworks that you like to use? Absolutely. Um, so these are my go-to frameworks: the AIDA, so short for Attention, Interest, Desire, and Action, and PAS for Problem, Agitate, Solution. Uh, both of these frameworks are like very, very old. They've been used uh, right since uh, the inception of marketing in some form. Um, the reason I like to use them is again, it gives you a starting point. um when you when you sit and start thinking about what should be like the first frame of my video that i'm putting together or what should i write um this clearly gives you a a, a path that you should talk about interest and what how, what should you write or what should you show in your creative that your prospect who is just scrolling off their facebook or their instagram can stop and and you know really look into what you're saying so then generating the interest and and desire and we 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 will not go into detail into how to to really write these but here's here's a really important thing um almost everybody uses these frameworks for um creating their copy their ad copies very few people use these to actually build out the storyboard and and we've seen some some really good success when we're testing out creatives that storyboarding based on one of these frameworks just gives your video or your creative or your your creative uh, a specific structure even if you don't have enough copy there to convert because only when people go through your creative and i think most of the selling nowadays is done through video and and audio there um so if you start using that that gives um you a starting point and then once you understand what hooks and angles are working you can always iterate and and make various versions of that so i i think all of these frameworks i like to look at them is something that takes you from 0 to 70 
and then everything else, the iterations and the optimizations are the ones that take you from 70 to 100. Um, not really a good idea to always start from something that will take you from 70 to 100. That's my mantra. Cool. Thank you. Um, I know like me personally, I love to use like the problem solution framework, uh, you know, because a lot of what we're doing, like a lot of the prospecting we're doing is all based on driving some form of conversion, uh, you know, even if it's a cold audience. So less with the brand awareness and mid intent, but more with the bottom funnel. And what I particularly find is like the problem agitate solution framework works pretty well, you know, for me when developing copy or putting together creatives. Awesome. So Vinay, uh, you know, you've been helping us across the business with setting up uh, all of the events uh, post iOS, uh, iOS changes. And, you know, could you dive a little bit into like what it is, why it's important, and then, um, you know, what exclusion should be? Absolutely. Um, and, and you pointed this out early um, in the discussion as well about how important exclusions are. Um, but, but things kind of changed uh, after the release of, of the iOS 14.5 update. Not much, but there are finer nuances that anybody who's running ads should be aware and should be using these. Um, just looking at, at pre-iOS, um, the way the tracking was set up in Facebook was if you know, usually in your cold campaigns or your prospecting campaigns, you would exclude anybody who's bought from you earlier and um, probably even go to the level of somebody who's, who's done an ad to cart um, and initiate checkout. Now, in the pre-iOS world, the way Pixel used to work is it used to track those events, but anything that happened below that, that means that if somebody would have added to cart, definitely they, they would have, you know, also triggered the view content pixel. Um, so that gave an ability of, you know, Facebook automatically knowing that here, here's a segment of people that I don't need to show the ads to. That was pretty simple. Um, post iOS, Facebook introduced uh, this um, uh, conversion API and an additional feature along with that, that's called event prioritization. Now, what that really means uh, in, in the simplest forms is um, if Facebook is allowed to track one event for all those people who have opted out of tracking, um, it'll do that, but you have to prioritize and tell, tell Facebook, hey, Facebook, here's a purchase event. This is the highest priority event in my purchase funnel, and you need to track that. Um, what that is not able to do is it'll only track that highest priority, but somebody who's gone through the entire funnel, it will not track an ad payment info, it will not track an initiate checkout and anything below. Um, because of this, the way we were setting up exclusions earlier, all those people who have done any previous events are still being shown your ads. And that is why your cold audience or your prospecting campaigns are not really prospecting because a bunch of people who have visited your websites and done add to cards are still seeing your um, uh, ads. And and this is this this was we, we saw that across a bunch of campaigns, a bunch of different accounts that we worked with. And um, this was definitely detrimental to the performance of those campaigns. Um, after implementing these, we saw significant lift in, in most of those campaigns. Um, and, and of course, there are other factors, but this is down to the basic. If this uh, event prioritization has been set up properly, 
uh, a lot of those problems around uh, your cold prospecting campaigns, fighting with the existing campaigns that that should be taken care of. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for breaking that down. I know uh, a lot of marketers, you know, might not aren't like fully know that, um, fully be aware of this, right? So like in pre-iOS, just to summarize, like if someone purchased, they also fell into the initiate checkout and add to cart buckets. But post-iOS, if someone purchased and you're not excluding added payment info, um, you know, you, you might not necessarily be excluding that, uh, that respective user because they're in these other segments that also have been prioritized. So uh, if you're really trying to, you know, uh, have a cold audience, like ensure that you exclude all of the uh, all of the events that you've set up versus just one of the events. Absolutely. So, how do we diagnose performance drop in uh, prospecting campaigns, uh, Shristi and Vinay? Cool. Um, I think the first thing to look at um, is is and these are not hard and fast rules, but uh, definitely the point to start. Um, very few people kind of go down to the level of um, looking at an ad set um, and then going into uh, what Facebook calls an audience insight tool. Um, it's there like a hidden option. Facebook doesn't talk a lot about that, but it gives you uh, some level of granularity to how your campaigns or your ad sets are performing. Um, the first most important factor that, that um, kind of heads you in the right direction is something called as a first time impression ratio. Uh, this is a like the total number of people that are seeing your ad in on a particular uh, within a particular duration um so you'll see usually a, a trend line in there that shows you it'll probably be a decreasing trend line starting from all the way to 100 percent because no one saw your ad campaigns earlier uh, but a healthy ratio to maintain would be something about 80 percent so on within a particular window, about 80% of the users should be new users that have not interacted with that particular campaign. That that would be um, really called as true prospecting. Um, this, this is also one of those things that we audit within any accounts that um, contact us that we, we've seen uh, impression ratios being at 40%, 50%. And essentially that's, that's one big reason why those um, ad campaigns aren't performing as good as they were earlier because you've kind of run through 50% of your audiences and the, the remaining ones are still seeing your ads repetitively. So that's number one. Um, number two is you would also be able to see auction competition within the insights tool. Um, a lot of times a, a good campaign that is performing day in and day out, you'll see fluctuations and um, once you go inside the insights tool, you would see that um, the entire auction competition has been uh, increased by, let's say, 30%. Um, now, as per Facebook, anything below 20% is, is supposed to be um, business as usual. So you might not see a lot of um, costs uh, differing on, on that particular day or within that period. But anything above that would definitely um, increase your cost or or uh, change how the conversions are happening. Um, the third, this is also an important factor and it's kind of a byproduct of the first one, the impression ratio is the, the frequency. Um, or with, again, within a particular time period, we are aiming in all our 
cold or prospecting campaigns, the frequency should not go up below a 1.4 or 1.5. Um, that means that anybody within that particular duration has seen your ads at least one time and, and 1.5 would, if, if it would be two, that means twice. So we would want to maintain um, that ratio of 1.5. And I think that kind of sets um, a good boundary for what a cold prospecting campaign is. Awesome. Thank you for those insights. So how do we fix performance issues in our prospecting campaigns? Shreesi. Okay, so basically, uh, like uh, when I mentioned that, you know, while uh, we create these prospecting campaigns, there can be a lot of things that, you know, we don't, we miss out on, like the frequency part of it, or like the, like we are prospecting the same audiences, like we haven't checked out the people who've already seen our ads. So there are some tools that can help us fix these issues and fix our performance for the prospecting campaigns, like, uh, when we see that you know the frequency is greater, then we can probably go ahead and test new audiences, like create lookalike audiences or bra- uh, broad audiences or interest audiences, and test them to see you know whether uh, how they are performing and if we are getting better results there or new prospecting audiences there. Another thing that we can do is test different creators or angles, uh, like you both discussed earlier, that you know we can be testing different hooks and angles from customer insights and competitor analysis and we can see you know what works there if our current prospecting campaigns are not performing that well uh, then we can uh, also do one thing is that if particular creatives are working well then we can repurpose those creatives we can definitely go back and reuse those creatives and see you know if they can uh, they worked well for us like if they were some creatives that had high click-through rates so you know people were more interested in our product because they saw that that creative and it you know just got to them then we can definitely use those again and uh, decrease auction overlap uh, if applicable uh, Vinay, if you could uh, give a uh, little more insight on that point sure um so for auction overlaps um usually we've, we've seen and again um this is one of those first steps that we like to tweak when uh, new clients come to us. Um, a lot of prospecting campaigns have similar ad sets with similar uh, targeting, but running different creatives. And and this is definitely one of those approaches that, that we test, but it's later on in, in the, the account journey when we are optimizing. But it's uh, also essentially when you create multiple um, ad sets with the same targeting, um, auctions uh, within the auctions, how Facebook really decides which uh, ad or which um, you know creative should win and be shown in a particular ad spot. Um, it, within the same auction, your all of your campaigns could also be fighting amongst themselves, and that's that's probably the last thing that you would want to do because you're already fighting against uh, a bunch of competitors within your industry, outside your industry. Uh, for that ad slot in your ideal prospects uh, feed or timeline. So um, fighting amongst uh, your your own um, ad sets is, is not something that we recommend doing uh, in the initial stages. So uh, we would want to kind of take a consolidated approach and, and see if we can combine those ad sets and, and try to run those creatives. 
and then uh, once the performance you've, you've kind of uh, nailed down the audiences that work for you and um, the the angles that work for you um, that's that's when you can kind of break them out into different campaigns and test whether you can squeeze out more performance uh, I'm, I'm sure Hemant uh, also uh, is, is a master of that approach in in many ways and you'd like to add on more to that yeah, so like just in terms of uh, auction overlap, right? Say you have an interest audience and it's travel and you're also targeting a broad audience, right? Um, and you look at the auction overlap, there might be a massive overlap. So you're essentially targeting the same exact audience in two different campaigns. Uh, a nice way to kind of set up the broad uh, campaign is to exclude maybe the travel interests that you're targeting in the travel campaign. Or if you're running lookalikes, exclude those lookalikes uh, from your interest or broad campaign. So, um, you know, and this way you're just competing against e uh, yourself a little less. Uh, so that that's one thing. I also think it's important, you know, to call out some key KPIs. So, uh, of course, you're going to consistently look at your CPA and, uh, you know, volume over time. Uh, but in terms of just figuring out fatigue uh, in a campaign or ad set. So click-through rates, are your, have your click-through rates continuously declined over a period of time? Uh, has frequency jumped up? Have view rates or conversion rates dipped? Now there can be a lot of different reasons all of this is happening, but if you've been running uh, an ad set for a few weeks uh, you know, or, or, or a month or so, and you're starting to see these KPIs trend negatively, Chances are you're fatiguing, right? So uh, look at those audiences, look at the creatives, start to refresh. If, uh, like Shreesi already mentioned, uh, if you're seeing creatives that worked last January and we're sometime in August, sometimes we just take these creatives and turn them back on and, and see how they perform. And oftentimes, maybe seven or eight out of 10 times, we'll see the creative start to work again. So, you know, um, there's a lot of different ways to kind of mix it up and ensure that your prospecting audiences are fresh and that you're serving them ads that will convert. Awesome. There's, um, I think um, in, in terms of repurposing what Shrishti said, there's, there's this approach that we really love and, and we try to use that often is if something has worked and usually we've seen that across accounts, um, creatives fatigue uh, much faster than audiences. And, and if you've got a decent size audience of a million uh, around that range, uh, it's usually the creative that's, that's kind of exhausted. And um, there, there are two ways to look at that. You could put in a radically different creative and, an, and a message and an angle. But our first approach is, is to kind of use the existing creative, probably just chop off the hook and, and put in a new one there or probably try several variations of that. And usually that kicks off well as well because um, it's it's those first few seconds your hook that people kind of get hooked onto and and then move on to your website to take the next steps. So uh, repurposing uh, of of existing working creatives that that's also something that um, is kind of unexploited or underexploited, and and we love to do that. Cool. Well, thanks guys for tuning in. Uh, as always, if you guys have any questions, uh, need help in growth, feel free to reach out to us at digicom.io. Uh, shoot me an email directly at hayment at digicom.io. And we look forward to seeing you next week.